You're listening to I Am Goddess Collective Podcast, a lifestyle podcast for the modern mystic woman, where we explore topics on spirituality, female empowerment, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nixie Marie, and I will be here with you every Tuesday to sit together and rise, feel the energy of the sacred feminine, and explore what it means to be a goddess. Welcome to the podcast. Well, hello, sisters. Welcome back to I Am Goddess Collective Podcast. I am very excited to be um, actually recording this special episode that I am, I felt like really called to wake up and share. Um, I actually woke up at four something, four thirty. I've been waking up at like four lately. Not really sure what that's about, but um, so I just decided to get up instead of falling back asleep. I usually set my alarm for about 5.30 and whether or not I'm with my man and I'm alone or I usually spend like 30 minutes cuddling with my beloved, but he is not here right now. So it is giving me the opportunity to get up off that bed and feel into what is my next move in the morning. And as you all know, I go through a morning routine with myself. And so before I even got out of my bed, I actually meditated. And I've been doing this meditation for anxiety on headspace. And I'm on day like 16 out of 30. And so it's 10 minutes and I wake up, I do that, and then I journal. However, I skipped the journaling this morning and I was called to really just turn over on my hands and knees and I bowed my head down and I started to pray and it really brought up which it always does always when I sit down and pray it brings up a lot for me and so I thought what a great conversation to bring to the podcast right now like I need to go record this episode (laughs) so here I am rising with the sun staring at the beautiful tree in front of me and feeling very much calm and peaceful. And I believe there's a tiny little spider that's like the babiest little spider that is in front of me trying to work its way up this wall, which looks quite impossible for this little guy, but he's doing it. Wow. We have lots of spiders in our new home. It's kind of been a thing. But that's for another conversation. <laughs> so they they actually are a symbol of creativity and wisdom. So I am learning to live with the spiders and welcome their medicine. Anywho, prayer. Let's talk about prayer today, sisters. Prayer is powerful. Praying is powerful. And I really want to talk about the power of prayer. I have a lot of actual um, experiences with praying and just taking time in the morning or in the evening to connect to God, goddess, source, your higher self, whatever you really want to call it or whatever you feel called to speak to in that moment, Um, great spirit, mother Gaia, anything that feels good for you in that moment. And uh, I just have... I felt so called to to share this with you all. Um, and 
I began actually, I'm going to start with my story about how praying, how I realized that there's power in prayer um, and how we're going to actually go over three or four different types of praying prayer perspectives from A Course in Miracles to a pagan perspective and Wiccan more witchcraft perspective. And then we're going to go into Native American perspectives. We might get into Buddhist teachings perspectives today, but we'll see how we go because I actually have a lot to say within each one of those containers. So to start with our our conversation, we're going to um, just dabble into some of my experiences, how I've been able to really experience this power of prayer. And then we're going to get into other perspectives for you to really explore and to kind of like, I kind of want this episode to be a explorative, you go down your own rabbit hole of what feels good for you because I really feel like there's a lot of dogma in prayer and um, there's there's stories, there's programmings, there's there's a lot of conversation um, controversy in this word just like God and we get to go into that today and really look at it and bring it to the surface and you know realize that it doesn't need to be you don't need to be religious to actually pray pray and that it might be something in your life that might be a very small simple act that may radically shift your life And so my story began with prayer, first of all, with my grandmother. My grandmother is Catholic, and she raised my father very Catholic, and she is a prayer Nazi. (laughs) Not even kidding. But everybody knows in my family, if you want something to happen or if you need some extra support, from the angels or whatever any we all have different beliefs in my family and so everyone knows to go to my grandmother who's by the way she just turned 90 last year so i believe she's now 91 years old god bless her soul she is still rocking it she's had like one hip surgery and in her 90 like recently but she's literally rocking it and i'm just like yes grandma give me those jeans so Everybody knows, though, we go ask grandma when we um, would really like a deeper connection or we need some support from the angelic realms or whatever it is. My my father would word it much differently, but he we just know, like, go to grandma because she has a dedicated practice where she wakes up every morning and she prays. She goes to sleep every evening and she prays. And I'm pretty sure her practice is about an hour long. And this actually taught me a lot. And I think this is why I believe so heavily in morning rituals and morning or evening rituals, because it is so powerful when we begin our day with intention or begin our day with a connection to something bigger than ourselves. And she just knew, I mean, she's Catholic, of course. So that was a very, it's a very religious perspective on what she and how she portrayed and really connected to her her divine self and her God. But I believe that the Bible and that Jesus and the story of Jesus, there's a lot of truth in in that story that the religious religions have basically taken and, and sort of portrayed in a much 
different further version from the truth I believe that there is but I believe there is a lot of truth in it and they've basically taken a lot of the pagan perspectives the you know the witches ways of practicing magic um, the Native American traditions They've really taken those things and they've created their own version of them, but put a put a basically like a priest on a pedestal, you know, and it became all about that, all about the person you should worship. And I don't really I just don't subscribe to anything that says I need to worship one thing. I believe that we are all divine. We are all unique and we all like everything we must worship everything. And I really began to understand my connection to nature and my path through actually dirt bike riding. I used to race motocross and I used to go get lost in the desert by myself, take my bike, just go. And I would take off my, I would stop and pause and realize I would like to take a break now and just, I would take off my helmet and I'd turn my bike off and I'd just sit next to my bike and look at the beautiful like creation of God. That's what I could interpret as God. It was the only thing that I could understand that made me feel like there was a greater connection to something else. And I would just breathe. And I believe that's actually when I, you know, I'm having a total vision of that moment when I probably started learning about meditation, but didn't know that it was called meditation, you know, and just would, would shut off my mind and connect to this this earth this planetary spaceship that we're on so got off on a little tangent there but it's important in the story because I must share how I have found prayer and the different perspectives of how we can look at prayer and how we can bring prayer into our life so First thing, grandma, she prays, she gets it. And I kid you not, when when we ask for her to pray, it will come into fruition. And it's just beautiful. It's beautiful that she has that devotion to her practice. And that is one of the things about certain aspects of religion that I do I do see as value for people is how devoted they are to that that source, that belief doesn't mean that I'd align to what they're practicing or preaching, but I do honor and respect that they have a, a committed practice. And, you know, when, when we kind of spiral out of our, our religious dogmatic views, as a lot of us here have, we most likely have gone through a state of rebellion. And we're like, fuck everything. I don't want to pray. I ain't going to go to church. Like all these, no, no, no. I'm not doing it. Things. However, there is a lot of beauty in going to a spiritual center. Um, there's actually an amazing spiritual center here in LA called Agape. And it is a church, but it welcomes all forms of religion and it literally soothes my soul. I love going when I have the opportunity to or give myself the space and time to go. And, you know, there's the gospel like kind of singing preachy in the beginning. And I kind of it kind of tingles me a little bit, honestly. And, and when I first went a couple times, I like brought some people and I was like, "Ooh, I what do they think about this? Like, 
are they going to think this is like really weird that I'm bringing them to this like church, you know? And then they use the word God and it's like, it's, it's honestly super triggering when you first go. But then you really look at the deeper message and what they're, what they're saying and it's really rooted in like Christ consciousness. And so I get that. I'm like, all right. But there is just, there's just so many triggering words in religion and spirituality. So I'm just wanting to bring all this to the surface and talk about for some reason, which feels really cool because I, I don't, we have not had this conversation on the podcast. That is for sure, for sure. So um, in my own experience, I shut off my prayer connection for a long time. I was actually baptized Christian in my uh, middle school years and I mostly did it because the popular girls were doing it and I wanted to do it with one of the girls that I thought was she she had like everything she was so beautiful and she was one of my best friends and I just really wanted to be like everybody else that was really the reason I had no other intention I but I also deeper like looking back I deeper under, deeply understood that there was power in water and that there was something to the whole ceremony, right? So from there, though, I really only went to church for social reasons. I did a lot of Christian camps. My parents sent me off to camp, which was amazing. I think I have shared that on the podcast. And it really connected me to nature because I would be out in nature for a long time. And I loved going to camps. I'm all about it. I've, I've even said I want to create like a, a spiritual camp for kids where, you know, they could go learn about crystals and all these things. I think it's so valuable for kids to go out in nature these days. You know, there's just not a lot of that with technology. So I would go to these Christian camps have tons of fun. We rarely, we had like a couple meetings surrounding the conversations going into like a fire-based sort of ceremony thing and talking about the Bible. And I didn't quite resonate to those things, but you know, I I was young. I didn't really think too much about it. And I was just told to do that. So I just followed in line. So as I went into my my high school teen years, I really just, I was not really into it. I was really feeling like my mom would want me to go to church. I felt like I would not want to go, kind of like drag myself there. The beautiful thing that my father was is my father actually was raised as a very strict, in my grandmother's, you know, household of Catholic religion, he was raised to go to church. And he did not want that for his kids. He just said, I know what it felt like and I didn't want you guys to have to go through that. So he never forced me to go. It it was just on the table, which was actually such a blessing because it really probably gave me so much more room to realize like that, that like if my father's not going, like why do I need to go, you know? So my mom was more of the, the one that really was trying to find her connection to spirituality. And like I've said, I think before, my mother's a total witch. She just would never call herself that, nor does she understand the power in it. And so um, she finds it in other ways. And so she would, ma- would make me go a few times and just kind of would like kick and scream, but like, whatever, I'll go, mom, and make you happy. That's fine. But I didn't ever really get it. I would just kind of see friends and it was kind of a social gathering. So that was cool. You know, I'm like, awesome. I get to see my friends. It's going to be great. But I just never felt connected to the messaging. So I go fast forward kind of down the road of 
exiting my high school years and really starting to find myself. You know, my parents divorced at 18. I'm giving you guys such an awesome backstory of my life right now. feels really good to talk about here, actually. And I really spiraled into my awakening because it was like, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things out there or people in conversations and stories that will say when your spirit, when you aren't literally aligned to your mission or something like spirit is wants to wake you up, there will be something in your life that will happen, whether it be trauma, tragedy, an accident a near-death experience that will propel you into your awakening or to try at least and wake you the hell up and go, listen, you're not, you're not aligned. Like your path is not on the path that you signed up here to take. So spirit will shake you up a little bit. So for me, that was my shake up, wake up. It was like, yo girl, you are not like, I was really rebellious. I was very, um, just like, didn't really care about anything. Bad bitch phase on hundred percent, you know, just very, a lot of walls, very insecure, but I was, I was in design school. So I was really searching for something, you know, just like soul searching. And so during that time, I was working at, um, working in retail. I was a sales girl and I was working at BB and which is crazy now because BB, like all those stores closed. And, um, I worked there for a really long time, like four or five years. And I tried to quit a few times and I ended up coming back. It was a really good job. Actually. I had a really amazing management team and then I sort of went into management and however you made more money in sales. So I was like, eh, I'm saying sales. But I was never a great salesperson because I was the more like, I'm going to be real with people and I'm going to tell them if that looks good or not. And um, most of the sales girls that I worked with or just like it felt like everything was kind of fake, like they were, you know, salesy and it looks amazing. You're going to love it. And then like they get home and then they come back and they return it because they realize they look like shit. But (laughs) that was kind of my thing. I was just so I wasn't the greatest salesperson. Um, But I had really great, amazing, like authentic clients. I even helped. Oh, my gosh, you guys, I could go off in stories with what happened at BB. But I actually helped once this stripper woman who would come in with her like total drug dealer man. This is in like Newport Beach, a very bougie area in Orange County. And they would come in and every couple months, like they'd come in with wads of cash. And she would just like she would buy all the sales stuff, but it would be like. I mean, almost a thousand dollar sale, which is an amazing thing to have when you're working in sales. And so it was just like, that was my thing. And I loved helping people. I just really did. I've always loved to be in service and make people feel good and show them they're beautiful. And, you know, shopping's not everyone's favorite experience, especially walking into sort of an intimidating store like BB. And there's like beautiful women working there. We're all dressed in heels. We have fake eyelashes on like we're gorgeous, you know, not exactly the most welcoming store actually looking back on it. But we were also very much like, you know, we were one of the top stores in of in the in the district actually I think we were one of the top stores in like the company one of them I could be lying there but I don't remember so anyways I um 
I was starting to get to a phase where I really wasn't happy working there anymore. It just wasn't filling my soul. I really wanted to uh, just expand a little bit and not be stuck and refined in a like a retail job. And um, but I, I've, you know, searching some stuff around, not sure really where I was going to go, but I really felt like, OK, I'm just going to be here until something comes next, you know. And I was there for a little bit longer. And during my last like few, I, f- I feel like it was my last year there. I actually had a moment where an experience, this is my, this is my story about prayer guys. I'm not taking you down a rabbit hole. I promise this is all leading up to something really good and juicy. <laughs> so I actually, um, I was working one night after I had gone to a funeral for a friend's mother who had passed for ca- from cancer. And I had seen my ex-boyfriend. I remember the whole day. It was a very emotional day. Um, I was I was like, the last thing I want to do is go to work right now. Me and my girlfriend had gone down into Newport and like had some drinks, I think. It was just a lot. It was a, lot, a heavy day. And so I had to still go into work. And so I go into work. Not the, not the brightest, bubbliest character in the world, but I knew I had to go. And so I get there. A few hours in, this woman walks in and, and she's got a sling in her arm and she comes up to me and, and really vulnerably shares that she is looking for some clothing, but she's, she's going to need help changing because she was in a very bad car accident and she can't move her arm. And it was, it was like, I'm probably going to get a little emotional on this one because it was really... It was really powerful for me to just have this woman come to me like with like so fragile. You know, she was so fragile and she was really asking for support. And that was my favorite client. As I mentioned before, it was just like I loved helping people. And it was like, yes, of course, like I will absolutely will. And so we were shopping for some, I was pulling some looks for her and we go into the fitting room and I'm helping her change. And towards the end, you know, she felt really good about the things that she was purchasing and she just felt really good. And I felt really good. And it was like, okay, like, you know, there's a, there's something bigger here. I'm obviously meant to be here in this moment and, you know, not feeling super great and high in my spirits still this this woman came in and she was like um it was like an she was an angel and who i'm feeling so much emotion right now come up and we're wrapping things up and she she really she grabs my hand and she looks at me like i've i've i don't think i looked people in the eye back then and she looks me in the eye and she goes i'm getting surgery in a couple of weeks to hopefully regain mobility in my arm. Will you please pray for me? And I looked at her and when she said pray, I was like, oh, fuck, I don't pray like shit. How, what do I say? Like, I don't pray. But there was something in her eyes that was like a message from spirit. Like, you like I couldn't say no it was just like this woman if I said no would like (laughs) totally just go a whole different way 
So I looked at her and I said, of course I will pray for you. And me giving her that commitment, me giving her my word. Oh man, I'm so emotional right now because this is such a, such a pivotal point in my life. Me giving her that radically changed my life. I, she goes, she walks, parts ways. I never see her again. I go home that night. I was living with my dad at that time. My stepmom had moved in. So there was a lot of change happening in my, in my world. And I go home that night. I sit on my bed. And I begin to pray. And what happened next was very shocking for me. I actually, I began crying like I had never cried in my life because I was very tough. I was very like bad bitch. I'm not crying. I won't show my emotion, nothing. Like I don't know. I couldn't even remember the last time I had cried. And my father was not very emotional either. And he really had that whole like, if you're emotional, then you are not strong. You need to like, don't show weakness, you know? So I stuffed a lot of my emotion down for a long time. And there was this feeling, though, that took over my body. And I couldn't explain it other than there's something bigger out there. Like there's something that came through me at that time. And it was bigger than me. And that connection to that woman, what was that? And then I just literally, you guys, like I spiraled down into what is the truth? What is the meaning of life? What are we doing here? And it propelled me into my awakening. I haven't shared that story in a really long time. Um, And so I actually started diving into like, what, what was that? What was that feeling that came over? And what was this, this higher power that connected me and that woman that, that day? And I honestly believe you guys, like, I really believe that that woman has her arm back, like fully rehabilitated and she's moved it. Like, I feel like the surgery, I know it went well. I know if I saw her, I probably, maybe I have seen her like with her arm. I don't even, I couldn't even remember what she looks like, but it was like, it was that moment where I, I really felt like the healer inside of me was awakened and the power that when we come together and we pray or we create energy towards something that must be translated and transformed into pure love and light that was the that was like what the lesson was and so i started researching different religions outside of christianity and catholic and catholicism and catholicism <laughs> Catholic Catholicism I think it's Catholicism forgive me guys this is not that is not my expertise um but all the the you know more dogmatic religions I started I started really researching outside of that and the first thing I found was Buddhism so Buddhism was my first 
like study that I went down and I really resonated to the messaging of what it meant to walk a Buddhist path. My actually one of my dad's best friends who we used to go riding with, he was Buddhist. And so I love, I always loved his energy. He was an artist. He was just a free soul, fearless. Like I just always loved him. He had a parrot and all his dogs he would take with us to the, to camping. And he was just a rad dude. And I felt really called to, I think that's what really, like his, him being himself and just being him and knowing that he, he studied Buddhism was probably what allowed me to explore it, you know, because let's be real, the only way to wake people up is to be ourselves and to just shine, like shine in our light because people will recognize that light. They will. And maybe that you had no idea that maybe that light that you're emanating off out into the world will will raise curiosity for somebody to go down a path and explore what that light is. And then you're like, wait, I want that light. Like, how do I get that light? And maybe you said, oh, I study this or, you know, and they just go like allow allow others to go through their journey and go down the rabbit holes. And that's what I love doing here. So I, you know, Buddhism studied that, and then I, and then I was, I've shared with you all my my story and how I got introduced to witchcraft. So that was that was shortly after, a few years later, when I moved in with my my best my best friends, and and we went into a metaphysical shop, and that led me down another pathway. And and you know now it's like there's so many different facets of of these non sort of dogmatic religions, and. I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, everything is really rooted in love. So this is a a great time to transition into exploring. Thank you for listening to that story, by the way. Really got me going there. Power of prayer, kids. Power of prayer. So great transition to start exploring. I have a couple of, well, let's do three. We're going to do three because I love to work in threes. We're going to cover A Course in Miracles, the perspective that they have, pagan perspective on prayer and Native American prayer. And why I want to bring this up and into the surface is because there's no, I believe there's no right way to pray. I believe that there's, uh, there's no right way to do anything, to do a ritual, to perform a spell. There's no right way. Like you can read all the books in the world that'll give you guidance on how to do something. But until you connect to your inner intuition and your inner guidance, your inner compass, then and allow yourself to fully just surrender to whatever is meant to come through you to perform said ritual or prayer. That is where the magic occurs and that is where the miracle steps in. So there's, there's just so many perspectives here. And I actually felt like this morning when I woke up and I, I prayed, which I honestly haven't prayed in a minute. It's been a minute. I haven't been praying. And of course, look what it's done. Once again, I pray and I'm like, holy moly, I need to talk about this on the podcast. Like it's really deep. And man, there's just, there's just this power in it that is beyond understanding of I don't know what it is so we're going to explore a little bit more on prayer because I I'm my logical uh, self loves to dive in and google and research and 
find more things about like why prayer is so powerful and what other types of uh, what other views there are about prayer and what things I've studied and brought into my practice. So the first the first perspective we're going to explore is A Course in Miracles. I have not read this entire book. It is more of a resource for me. However, if you know you feel called to read this entire it's it's sort of like the love version of the Bible and you can kind of get together with like a book crew and read it and there's a workbook and stuff like that. But the course in a course in miracles is just I mean you read one passage and you're like hold on let me just I need to pause and read and like reread this whole thing whoa that was a lot it was it's just so real so deep so true so powerful and of course I had to like bring that into the surface so this is a quote that I found on a on a link called and it's called miracle studies all I'm gonna put all these links in the show notes you guys because I did a lot of research. So this is my research. This is my, I put my glasses on and I'm a nerd (laughs) and I love to research and Google and thank goodness for good old Google. Let's just bless up Google right now because they're amazing. What would we do without Google today? I don't know. What what would we do? Okay, so we've got this quote from A Course in Miracles. Prayer is the medium of miracles. It is a means of communication of the created with the creator. Through prayer, love is received. And through miracles, love is expressed. A Course in Miracles. I mean, boom, just that small little tiny piece of magic and power. That's just a little, little, little tiny example of how powerful A Course in Miracles is, you guys. It's so good. So in The Course of Miracles... The way that they view prayer is through, not through the ego, but through allowing God, the creator, to take over our vessel and use us as we are, as whatever is intended. So it's a way of forgiveness. And they really, and the Course of Miracles states that the only meaningful prayer is for forgiveness. So that's one, per, you know, one really beautiful perspective of how you you can pray is allowing the Holy Spirit, God, Goddess, Source, Creator, to create for you, right? And to just like surrender instead of praying from the ego of I want, you know, I really want this car, I really want a TV. Um, I really want this big house. Like, please let, like, I'm praying for this big house. I'm praying. That's, that's beautiful. I think that there's, there's a lot to say in asking for support in what your desires are, but I think there's way more power in, in being very clear to the universe, God creator, when you pray and stating, I am calling in a house where I feel safe, grounded, supported, and I can thrive in. Please bring me this house. I don't, you know, however it may appear to be, however it presents itself, I allow for this house to manifest in my life. And that is how we let the creator create through us. Instead of coming from this, you know, that house needs to be mine. (laughs) 
because <laughs> it comes from the ego. So that's really what A Course in Miracles perspective is, is removing the, the ego from that conversation, from the prayer. And I'm going to just actually share this other s little snippet here. It's really good. So once you pray to God for something to happen on the level of the body, whether it is your body or another person's body, you are making the body and the world real, which means you are falling into the ego's trap. As we see, saw earlier, you are then basically telling God what he should do. You are not you are telling God, this is my problem or this is what I want you to take care of. And now I'm expecting you to do so. That is ex that is just another example of the arrogance of the ego, which which usurps the place of God. So when the Course says the only meaningful prayer is for forgiveness, it is saying the only thing we should ever pray for is that our minds be healed from the ego's way of thinking to the Holy Spirit's way of thinking. In effect, that that is what our little willingness does. It is a way of praying to the Holy Spirit for help that we share his perspective or hers of the word rather than our own. So there's, you know, you can take that how you wish. I fully, I feel in my body that I love that statement. I love that it's, it's referring to how we can remove the ego and step into forgiveness However, the only thing about that that I am going to have like an opinion about because it might be my ego. Who knows, you guys? My ego might be coming up right now. But I just feel that that's kind of saying there's a wrong way to pray. So you guys can feel into that however you may. This is a journey into perspectives here. So there's no right or wrong way. But that's my, my perspective is that feels like uh, that if we do pray for something or someone bringing it into the physical form then it's coming from the ego and it's wrong so you know I might be contradicting what I said earlier but regardless there's I feel like that ability to connect to the creator from a higher source and allow for it to move through us yes that's it okay we're gonna move on because I feel like I could go really deep on this subject but there's more that I want to top, want to cover here. All right. So of course in miracles, let, let just like, let's just put it this way. Prayer is the medium of miracles. That's it. So let the prayer be the miracle. Let it be the medium of it. Okay. We have a perspective through pagan views and Wiccan views, witchcraft, all that good stuff. So actually, and this is very much like what I really believe in praying to the goddess, the gods, um, bringing in all of the spirits into my beingness. And I love creating my own prayers, actually. I love when I'm in this ritual with myself and I begin to write something that comes from something greater than myself and I'm channeling out this beautiful prayer, or poem, or mantra, and it's a prayer to the goddess. It's you know, I, the goddess is my 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 king. The goddess is is my earthship. The goddess is what I look to and I call upon when I pray. 
and I say, I pray to Holy Spirit, I pray to higher power, I pray to goddess, insert caption here. (laughs) So you can do this however you may. You can write it on your own. You can keep it in your book of shadows. Um, there's there, and that's where I feel like it gives you the ability to really be free on how you wish to pray and notice, you know, again, is it coming from an egoic place? Like, are you praying for material things or are you praying for, you know, forgiveness, love and unity? I don't think there's a wrong way, but check in with yourself on where you're praying for. That's all. So, um, you know, with, with pagan perspectives, they really prayed for, they pray regularly for, from, for deities and they pray for earth, you know, pagan, paganism is a very earth-based religion. And the beautiful thing about when we go back to like Native American and, and pagan traditions, they're very rooted in culture, cultural traditions that are like ceremonial, rituals, Sabbaths, holidays, all of these beautiful experiences where people gather and they bring forth prayers. And there's so many different types of prayers. You know, there's, I'm going to say, I'm going to put down in the on the show notes, this link to prayers and Sabbaths and for celebrations and prayers for daily use. And there's, I mean, there's just so much to explore in that realm of how the pagans view it. So pagans really view it as a celebration, a ceremony, a prayer to the creator that to call upon and to honor and to give thanks So I'm going to share a prayer here, which actually, you guys, I shared the charge of the, did I, I believe I shared the charge of the goddess prayer on another podcast episode. I can't, I don't know which one it was. I don't, I haven't pulled it up right here, but, um, pagan perspectives are really about praying to gods and goddesses and, you know, you can, you can pray to Isis for the love of Osiris and Isis to merge within you and to really create that sacred union. You can pray to the goddesses of fertility for you to bring in a fertile womb or for a fertile career. You can pray to, gosh, there's just so much that you can pray to and to honor and worship and call up, call upon. So I really view pagan and, and witchcraft prayer as a calling upon a deity, a higher, a higher spirit to support you in that which you are calling into your life. So that would be my pagan perspective on that. And you know, there's, there's just so much out there, you guys, research. And a really great book recommendation I have for you that you can get, I feel like everyone should probably have this book, is uh, The Book of Pagan Prayer. And it's by, I, can't, I cannot pronounce the author's name, so I'm not even going to try it. But go to, go, to, go to Amazon and type in Book of Pagan Prayer. There's amazing prayers in there. You know, if you just feel like you want to whip out a book every morning and you want to sit down and read from the book, read from your scriptures, so to say, and tap into that divine by through prayer, but from some sort of guidance just to get started, because maybe you have some blocks around prayer. I get it. Like I've, 
clearly you hear my story. I did not pray at all, but it's just that activating, you know, that little bit of guidance to put you there or to explore what type of prayer or who you are praying to feels good. Because when I first started to pray that one time, I really didn't know who I was praying to. You know, I was like, I, um, hello, anybody out there? Um, so Yes, tangents are happening. It's getting a little later in the morning. I'm starting to feel like my body is saying I'm hungry. (laughs) So we're going to wrap up this episode with some Native American perspective. And you all know I'm super, I just really resonate to Native American beliefs, the philosophy, their, their way of looking at the world, because I have Native American in my blood on my father's side and my mother's side. So it is something that runs through me, their languaging, their coding, their DNA, everything is so, I just, I literally ground myself in it, in nature, and it just feels so good. So Native American prayers were to great spirit to mother earth to the divine and it was very much it is very much in prayer for mother earth prayer for gaia prayer to the winds the four elements and allowing those to come forth and uh, using the four elements for their wisdom so you know i'm gonna actually share a prayer here that will support you and understanding how you can call upon great spirit, how you can call upon these four elements to really support you in your life and how these four elements like fire, if you w- wish to call upon fire and pray, pray with fire, you can call upon it to activate a fire within you to propel yourself into the world, into your career, into your relationship. If you're calling upon water and you want to call in that watery element and flow a little bit more in your life and really connect to that feminine flow. If you want to call upon the winds and really gust through and create a little bit of destruction maybe or just you know, blow some things around and kind of create that type of energy where things just need to get moved around and shifted. And, you know, wind is a little is a little intense. Sometimes it can be like, whoa, that wind, hey, slow down. And maybe you need that gust of wind to come up and stir things up. Or maybe you need to activate your air and call upon the air and just float a little bit and go into the mind's eye. And, you know, it just all these elements are what the Native Americans really grounded their practices on, their ceremonies on, their rituals on, their coming togetherness on. So this is a Native American prayer that was translated by the Lakota Sui chief Yellow Lark in 1887. Oh, great spirit, whose voice I hear in the winds and whose breath gives life to all the world, hear me as I am small and weak. I need your strength and wisdom. Let me walk in the beauty and make my eyes ever behold the red and purple sunset. Make my hands respect the things you have made and my ears sharp to hear your voice. Make me wise so that I may understand the things you have taught my people. Let me learn the lessons you have hidden in every leaf and rock. I seek strength, not to be greater than my brother, but to fight my greatest enemy, myself. Make me always ready to come to you with clean hands and straight eyes, 
So when life fades as the fading sunset, my spirit may come to you without shame. Mm. And let's, let's be real. Do we all just go to church here? I mean, come on, church is everywhere in, na- <laughs> in nature, in everything we look at. So, oh, this episode, I feel really good about it, you guys. It was so good. I feel like you guys probably know me a little more now. And we can all connect through prayer anytime. So bring prayer into your life. Whether you're praying for your beautiful people in the world, whether you're praying to the Divine Mother, to Goddess, to the Great Spirit, bring it in and let the magic, let it, let it be a medium of miracles for you. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for honoring your body. Thank you for honoring your temple. Thank you for bringing in all of this wisdom to your life. I love you so much again, again, over and over and over again. If you don't hear it enough, you can come hear it on the podcast. (laughs) I see you. I hear you. And until next time, I have a special tune for you all. This is Jaima by Donna Delory. We'll see you all next week. Love you.
Jai Ma Jai Ma